What's up, bikers? I'm Robert. This is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream, episode 133. Someday it's going to be like 1,972. That's going to be like real pain in the ass to say. Hopefully, I change the intro by then, right? <laughs> Anyways, today's guest we have the Outsider MTV. It's a popular YouTube channel out of Southern California. If you're not familiar with him, he's been on the show before, Tony. And uh, man, I said that sentence about as backwards as he could, but who cares? Anyways, before we get started, a couple of little things here. Thank you to everybody on Patreon for supporting me. Really appreciate it. It really means a lot. Um, just the other day, somebody was like, man, can I buy you a beer? And I thought to myself, how much is a beer nowadays? It depends on where you go. I would say more than likely, almost anywhere, it's going to be more than $5. Unless you're like... $2 PBR night or something like that somewhere. So what I'm proposing to you guys is if you guys would like to help support this channel and you could do that by buying me a beer a month, you can swing by Patreon, $5, you get a sticker pack, access to extended cut videos and um, handwritten letter. And then on top of all that, you'll be buying me a beer once a month. Those of you guys that don't want to do that, just want to support the channel, get me to shut the hell up. That costs you a buck, man. <laughs> so either way, I appreciate everybody that's on there. It really means a lot. It's truly the backbone of these two channels is, is the people that support me on Patreon. Um, I can't thank them enough. And the community over there is awesome. You can join in on that. One of these days, I'm going to get around to actually doing some group rides like Tony does with his, his group. We'll talk about that later. Anyways, if you want something for free, swing by Instagram or Facebook. Give me a follow over there. Always fun to see those numbers grow. The um, the Facebook and the Instagram are the same. So don't follow them. Well, you could follow them both. You're just going to see the same thing twice. Outside of that, if you happen to listen on Apple Podcasts and you want to, I don't know if you guys could just hear the fire engines going down the street. That was kind of crazy. Anyways, um, that's the ADD kicking in. Any of you guys that listen on the Apple Podcast want to write me a review over there, go ahead and do that. It's uh, it's always fun to go by and swing by and take, take a look there. And like I said last week, the podcasts are actually bigger now than the YouTube following. So we need to trick that algorithm into thinking I'm really good at this. So appreciate all you guys that are willing to do that or that have done that in the past. Really fun to read. So with all of that being said, let's go ahead and get Tony back on. What's up, Tony? What's up, Robert? How are you, bud? Dude, I am honestly right now really excited because right before we got on camera, Tony and I both decided that we were drinking and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to be good this week. My lady's out of town and when she's out of town, it's usually a complete shit show with my whole diet because yeah. she like cooks dinner. Right. Yeah. And when she's not here, I'm like, I'll have to eat fucking chicken wings. So I was like, I'm going to do good this week. And then it took you about one sentence to derail me. I, I think just the mere <laughs> suggestion of it was like enough to go. <laughs> you were like, so you want to have a beer. So with that being said, what are you drinking? Because I found something in the fridge that I didn't even know was in there. I've got something actually my wife turned me on to because she's from Indiana. It's a Bell's Two-Hearted Ale from Ooh. Michigan, which is just about a couple hours where she's from. And it's not easy to find, but they had it today. So oh, I right on. The one yeah. I have is also not so easy to find. I found Pliny the Elder. Oh, yeah. Fridge. And um, some places, you know, like you, they, they have it all the time. Some places they don't. But apparently I had two of them in my fridge that um, I completely forgot about. So that's where they're hard to find. Time. Actually, it's weird. They're hard to find. But Sky Park down here had it on draft for like three months at one point. 
Yeah, it'll be yeah. weird like that. There's like a sushi restaurant here in town that always has it on draft. So and it's random. Like, yeah, it's just so random place. You know what I mean? Where you're like, all right, well, I guess that's how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then also the reason I think it's such a special occasion. Well, I don't know. For us, we're both kind of in, in a similar place with the food and the diet stuff. So I've just tried to like, I don't know. This is my transition into why it's a big deal to drink beer right now for me. But I, I, uh, I'm trying to change my diet and lifestyle, but it's not as easy as I thought it might be. Uh-huh. And maybe you can, maybe you can shed some light on. Have you done this before? Or Never. Have you always been one of those people that's just like, luckily, like had a pretty good <laughs> metabolism I, or whatever. I, as a younger man, I've been pretty lucky. I've always been uh-huh. active and I was a skinny kid. So this is new territory for me. And it uh-huh. took, it took me longer to realize that I was overweight because of that. I think, because I've been so normalized of, you know, how you just see yourself a certain way for so long. And then one day you're yeah. like, Whoa. Yeah, that happened to me. It took me to hit 300 before I was like, whoa. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, what was it for you? Was there like a, for me, it was like seeing myself on video and then someone commenting that I was overweight at the same, in the same day. And that was like, yeah. Okay. Let's, I mean, sometimes, sometimes I've like, let's just say from my early 20s, you know, I gained, I would always be somewhere between like 200 and 250, right? Okay. And um, 50 pounds may seem like a lot for people that are not 6'2", but like it's it's like the difference of like, oh, look, that guy has a little bit of a beer belly. Or then it's like, oh, well, that's a normal dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's not like a huge difference on somebody my size. Let's just say it that Yeah, way. I was going to say, because for those of you that haven't met Robert in person, you're pretty tall. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're taller than I'm five nine. You got some inches on me for sure. So yeah, the weight fluct the normal weight fluctuates. I'm sure, but right. that relevancy, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I'm sure people that are like exactly my size, they'll be like, ah, that's a little bit of bullshit. What he's saying, like, yeah, okay, to a certain extent. But it's like people that don't know you that if they saw me at two twenty compared to like two forty they probably wouldn't really notice. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So um, maybe, maybe a little bit. But anyways, uh, let's be more realistic. I'd say I'm mostly, did I say 220 to 250 or did I say 200 to 250? I think 2 to 250. Yeah, let's say 220 to 250. Let's be a little okay. bit more. Let's, so um, 220 is actually where I feel pretty good about myself. Sometimes a little lower than that. But like I always like look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, that's Rob. Like when I get lower yeah. than 220, I feel like I start to become like a skinny tall guy. Uh-huh. And in my he- head, I associate or identify as a big guy. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't want to be a little guy. So <laughs> like, I don't want to be a skinny tall guy. I don't want to be that dude. So um, for me, it's like, I, so right now, I'll just throw out there. I'm like, I'm fluctuating between 210 to 215, but I would say two years ago, I was at 185 to 190 yeah. fluctuating. Yeah. And even then, I was told by my doctor, like, hey, you, you could probably lose a couple pounds even right now. But it's the same thing where you just said, like, at that weight, I feel like I'm the most comfortable. Yeah. But anything lower than that, I start to feel like I look like bony or skinny. Yeah. I just don't yeah, look yeah. like myself. Yeah. But um, I, I think it's all just how you're, you are used to seeing yourself. And we, we see ourselves every day in the mirror. And I think that's what happened to me is that maybe to you like over time you just acclimate to the way you look like 
and it takes it but i bet if i saw someone from five years ago they'd be like okay yeah you look like you gained some weight but someone that saw me last year i looked the same as i always did you know yeah 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 so i think for me um i was really taking a long route of explaining whatever your question was but um anytime i'm around 250 in my mind i'm knowing like dude you need yeah. to get your shit back together because yeah. you're about to get out of control right well that's and, what uh, yeah and i think somehow i just started normalizing 250 mm-hmm. and this is like I'm, I'm going back to like before i i like went on my big weight loss people that follow my channel may or may not be I don't know if there's anybody listening that's new to the channel, but I, at one point I was 300 pounds and I've been working on losing that. Where are you at now? But if, if you don't mind me asking, I'm right in the two fifties, man, okay. I, that's like my crux, dude. It, it's like, it's this spot where I feel like I can get away with almost everything that I want to do in my life, except for being skinny. You know what I mean? Like, like I can eat as much ice cream and chicken wings and drink as much beer as I want. As long as I'm like, doing mostly things right but yeah. to get below the 250s like i actually have to like be dedicated yeah that makes sense? a little bit more yeah I, I know like so one one dude congrats on 50 pounds i don't know if i told you that before but that's a lot of weight yeah, 50 yeah pounds yeah. think about think about that as like two big three big bowling balls you know that's a lot of less weight you're carrying and then i wonder if that's what's going to happen to me too because i've heard that before you get to a certain weight and it plateaus a little bit and you're kind of just floating in that zone. Yeah. And then to go to the next level, you really have to like bizarro world. You're, you're eating and everything. And, and yeah. I don't know why it does that, but I've heard that before. Like it goes to a certain point and then it's just, that's when it kicks in again. I think for me, what it is, is I do this thing where um, like when I initially like, like, you know how like a calorie to, to like weight, ratio works do you know how that like what that like general idea is not so much so it's it's roughly like 10 calories for every pound that you want to weigh okay so like if you weigh 300 pounds you could roughly you could eat 3,000 calories a day and do nothing and you would stay 300 pounds mm-hmm. so like to lose weight you want to go down incrementally so like let's just say you go down to 2,800 or 2,500 calories right and you eat that until you get closer to that weight and then you lower it some more. So once you like throw in exercise, there's some like, it kind of changes that up a little bit, right? So like, right. I mean, if you're burning 3000 calories, you know, like like at 300 pounds, we'll stick with that for right now. At 300 pounds, that means you're burning 3000 calories a day just sitting on your ass. Yep. So if you're going out and you're riding and you're you're like putting in like a three thousand extra calories of riding, then that's where your de- deficit is, right? That's the fat burning. Right. So like between three thousand or three hundred pounds or three thousand calories and twenty five hundred calories, right? Apparently, for me, is real easy to have a big deficit but still eat a shitload of food. Ah. You, you see what I'm saying? So yeah, like, yeah. I could be eating like 4,500 calories in a day, but because I'm like fucking riding a shit ton, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm burning 6,000 calories in a day. Yeah. So I'm still losing weight, right? But once I get down to like 250, now it's kind of like what you said a minute ago, you actually have to tighten up the diet. 
Yeah. Like, so we're like, I've been getting, let's just say like right now I get away with staying in the two fifties and going to sushi and ordering three rolls and having some appetizers. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? But like, if I really want to get, get like below that, it's like, I actually have to really start paying attention to what my, my calories are. So during the weekend stuff, do you not drink beers anymore and, and cut that out? Or is it like, yeah, you give yourself a day a week or is it just nothing? I try to go like, so like when I'm being like what I call Nazi, like Nazi Rob will be like zero. Yeah. Like it'll be like, okay, for the next 30 days, I'm not drinking at all. Just because I know like there's two things with alcohol. Like, first of all, it's like, it's, it's just calories you're drinking. It's not doing anything for you, like satiating yeah. your hunger. It's not doing anything at all. And then plus especially like, especially, yes, the especially those. there's a lot of calories in them. Right. So like, I don't know about you, but me, I have a high tolerance. And if I'm going to drink like a handful of beers, that's a shit ton of calories. Like, I don't know. Let's, let me see what this fucking piney comes up to. Let's, if it's written on the bottle, I'm assuming it's going to be at least like 200 calories. Right for this bottle yeah then that's a 24 or 22 ounce or something yeah it's a decent it's a pint so 1.25 oh, okay. whatever that is somebody just decides to make some awkward size bottles anyways if i drink like four beers that's a lot of calories yeah i mean totally. that's like half of what somebody might be able to eat in their entire day <laughs> right you know, like so um so i try not to like nazi rob like is like no beers at all and yeah. then whenever I'm like, all right, I'm okay with losing weight a little bit slower and I want to have more of a lifestyle that I can maintain. Then I try to do once a week where it's yeah. like, all right, well, I'm going to plan to like have beers after our big weekend ride, which is normally on a Saturday. Right. Yeah. So it's like, that's the day where I'm going to maybe let loose a little bit and fuck it. We'll eat some pizza and or some but, wings. And again, you're you're riding your bike all day too, so it's kind of canceling out a bunch of stuff too, right? It's not like you're going in there like starting a day drink and then you know coming out the other end with like a McDonald's at the end. Like you're riding your bike all day, and yeah. it could be worse. It could be worse, you know. So what my problem is though is that I tend to do this thing where it's like, oh, right now is my time. Go fucking nuts yeah you know i'm already all in on the beers so you might as well like yeah why don't i get a pint of ice cream i'm half drunk anyway (laughs) you know and it'd be like well i saw that fast break that's in the candy bar aisle as i was walking (laughs) through the ice with the ice cream in my hand i mean what's it gonna hurt yeah (laughs) and then the guilt comes in the next morning when you're like what did i do you find the wrappers around the the living oh yeah the worst is when you wake up and it's right next to you because you're eating in bed like watching tv (laughs) You're yeah. like, oh, great. There's a bag of licorice right next to me. What the hell? I, know. I, <laughs> I know. don't like drunk Rob. I mean, he's fun, <laughs> but. <laughs> drunk, drunk Rob's awesome when you're him, but not right? after the fact. <laughs> no, I do the same thing, man. Like, I'm like three or four. Year de- I'll probably do it tonight. Even though I'm aware of it, I'll just yeah. give in a little bit and then um, eat something shitty. Are we allowed to swear? Yeah. You, I mean, it's, right. it's a bar, dude. I think that's what happened. <laughs> You know, and then tomorrow I'll wake up and I'm like, here we go. We got to start over again. Like I gained like two, three pounds last night, but yeah, it's, it's weird. Like I've been, so I, I started this in a time period where I came out of my last road trip and got hurt. So I couldn't ride, I haven't been able to ride my bike. So it's equally like, I've been kind of not doing very much, but the good thing is I've been feeling a little bit better myself because I've been eating better. Mm-hmm. 
but it, you really, I feel like you need the exercise because I feel like I'm only doing half the effort or half the work right now. I need to be going to the gym or I need to be riding my bike because I'm like losing like a pound, but, and we don't have to keep talking about the weight all night, but it's, yeah, just weird. it's just because it's so new to me this week. And it's such a weird way to think about life because you're used, I'm used to just eating whatever I want and doing whatever I want. And as long as I'm riding the bike, usually things work out. But as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that slowly that's not working for me anymore. And how, how old are you now? I'm 45. Yeah. So you're the same age as me. Yeah. I can tell you in my thirties, I, um, like in my twenties, basically a diet, like I could lose 20 pounds in my twenties would just be like, I'm not drinking on Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? And yeah. it'd be like, poof, 20 pounds. It'd be like, sweet. Yeah. That was awesome. Didn't do anything else. Like in my thirties, it would be like, okay, I'm going to start running and, um, I'm going to kind of eat better. And maybe um, only drink on the weekends. Yeah. And then that would work. And I've definitely noticed like in my 40s and God, I don't even know what the 50s is going to be like. But like, oh, man. right now in my 40s, it's like tighten the diet way up, stop drinking, go to the gym, ride a ton of bike and barely lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah like it is definitely weird. not as fast as it used to be. Yeah. So those of you that are younger listening fucking get on it man have a good time yeah enjoy yourself now because and when you're younger they don't get the hangovers really i, I remember oh, right? I used to party all night go to the bar get home at two in the morning and then be up at like 9 a.m go skate all day and it wasn't even a thought to me it was like oh i'm just thirsty now i'd yeah. be like hung over for two days from a night out like i used to it's crazy i, yeah, like my... old, I feel like an old man when i talk like that yeah. but hey like you get older that's what happens your body changes when I was in the military, we I was stationed in Germany. We would leave the club at like four o'clock in the morning, go home, sleep for like two hours, wake up still kind of drunk, go run like six miles in PT, and oh, then man. like take like an hour nap when we were supposed to be eating breakfast. And and like that was like how my day went. Yeah. And I thought a hangover meant you just had a headache. Yeah. Like like I didn't know that like it's definitely a two day affair now. Like if I was yeah. to get freaking just housed. Yeah, which I, I don't usually do. Like I, I like to tie a good one on, but I, I don't you know, normally get housed. I'm like I'm pretty good about controlling where I'm at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's what that's kind of why I always go to the beers is because I know what beers are going to do. I, I yeah. like, no, I'm on beer three and this is where I'll be beer four. Yeah. Five, you're starting to get a little bit like uh, crazy. Yeah. Tony, And then but like, you know, back in the day we go, we have a beer in a in a chaser we've been yeah. shots all night and god knows where you end up at midnight but like yeah and that and it's weird like i use beer as an excuse like okay it's it's controlled but it really is as much calories as is in there i know what each beer is going to do and over a certain period of time i think that's just come maybe maybe i'm just really good at drinking nowadays. yeah no i hear you there you know what it's going to do rather than like go to the bar and your friends are buying you shots and who knows yeah. where it's gonna so i'm going to pivot then from the story i was telling because you, you kind of made me think of something else i am the same way with with beer i know exactly how to control my buzz yeah you know what i mean like i know like hey i know how much to pump the brakes like this this can now needs to take 45 minutes to drink instead of like 15 minutes to drink and yeah. it's not even like something i'm like consciously doing i'm just like oh starting 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 my my one buddy's girlfriend used to call me rab whenever I would get drunk. So it would be like, there's Rob and then there's Rab. You know, <laughs> she didn't like Rab. <laughs> and so she knows when he comes out, she could just right, tell. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. So like, um, 
I forget what I was getting at. Anyways, so with the dieting and um, lately I've been like, man, I feel like there's a shit ton of calories in beer and I feel like liquor is like maybe a way that you could just like get a buzz and get away with it. Like less calories. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've been experimenting with that. And what I found so far is I do not know how to drink alcohol drinks at all. Dude, because dude. I drink them like beer, dude. I'm just like, oh, this is a freaking $13 fucking whiskey sour. And 97 seconds later, it's empty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tried that with vodka this past week. And I just drink it like it's a like a, like a LaCroix. You know, right? it's like, oh, that was 10 bucks. Like now that's gone. Like that's yeah, why. Instantly I'm like regretting. I'm like, I'm going back to beer. I know what I'm doing. I know how to yeah. Like, like I cannot even budget drinking on an alcohol. Like, I don't even know what that costs to go to the bar <laughs> and drink alcohol all night. You know? I know. I know. I, I, I know if I go to the bar and I have three beers, that's going to be 20 bucks and I'm out of there. Yeah. Who knows with vodka drinks or something yeah. like that. How It just doesn't taste like anything that you're, it just tastes like a yeah. fruit drink, you know? Right. The vodka cranberries like gone. Right. So my lady, she's really good at like, like, she's really good at like, actually drinking like what a normal person I suppose is like a, supposed to drink like she can have like a glass of wine and be like, Oh, that was nice. You yeah, know, like, yeah. and she told me with the alcohol, she's like, No, you just need to order like bourbon on the rocks. Oh, she's really? like, because you can't drink it fast. It freaking like hurts. It doesn't yeah. like it's a, it makes you sip it. And yeah. I was like, feel like she's on to something man yeah that's so for me the the brown drink i'm not allowed to drink anymore oh yeah <laughs> the whiskey changes me for some reason you know we all have those like yeah. it doesn't make me like a bad guy it just for some reason like some people it's tequila for me it's whiskey i love yeah. it but if i have like two of those things and a couple of beers i'm on like a different planet <laughs> <laughs> i don't really have one of those with alcohol like i can't really think of one yeah like I think for me with, with alcohol, I'd say if, if I was to like get um, like wild, it's really because I'm doing shots and I, and it ultimately comes down to like, I've just drank like five times the amount of alcohol I normally would in an hour. Yeah. Cause like shots are like, like for me, I'm not a liquor drinker. So I usually don't do shots until I'm already drunk. Right. Yeah. So there's that. And then um, outside of that, it's like, could you hear that? Yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. Dang teens. Stupid work. (laughs) (laughs) So like I got a job to do. Anyways. um, (laughs) So, so uh, what was I saying? That totally threw me off now. I think talking about um, liquor, you weren't. Yeah. So it's like, that's the thing where it's like, it, once I start, once I get to the point where I'm like, okay to do shots, I'm probably not in a place that I should be doing. Shots. You're, you're probably shot. You're probably, <laughs> the place where you want to be doing them is probably the place you don't want to be doing. Them. Right. It's like really where I should stop. Yeah, so yeah. like, but what ends up happening is then it's like, you know, then I'm, I'm fully, Rab is fully in control. <laughs> yeah. And he's driving is like, Hey, we're doing shots. And all these other people are bitches if they don't do it. You'll do another yeah. one just to show them they're that you know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so and at some point in the night, you just accept that tomorrow's either gonna suck or you're not doing shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You pretty much just know that tomorrow is gonna be like 
oh god i don't want to ever do that again and the yeah. day after that it's still going to be like i feel like i could go to something but i want to finish this season that i started yesterday <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're like, the third day you're like oh yeah what's going on <laughs> yeah no i'm totally fine man everything's cool <laughs> where you been the last few days don't talk about that <laughs> Yes, I just showered this morning for the first time in two days. Yeah. <laughs> Crawled out of my room. Right, right, right. Hey, are you, um, random question, are you going uh, on any more road trips or anything this year? I have, uh, I would like to go to Utah and see some people down there. The EXT guys, um, I'm really excited about their, their suspension and they're mm -hmm. down there. And, um, to like do them justice on the videos that I do about their product, I'd really like to go there and like have some actual good footage that I've filmed. Yeah. What part of Utah? They're in like the St. George area. So, I mean, wow. it's a great place to ride. Yeah. I'm actually going, um, I'm leaving for Utah Saturday, going back Ooh. for another trip. Gonna go through uh, St. George. I'm gonna stay in Park City for about a week. Uh -huh. And then I'm gonna try to hit Brian Head on the way back oh, down nice. have you heard of brian head no it's a rad bike park right it's actually only like an hour north of saint george but it's a proper bike park uh, like almost in between park city and there and it's just beautiful it's like, is that uh, your thing you like bike parks no it's actually you know what's weird it's not usually my thing but it has been lately like for some reason when i go on these trips i just i've kind of fallen in love with utah and there's one of my favorite bike parks there which is deer valley because the trails feel like wildernessy they're like from the 90s and they feel old school and they're not and they feel like natural and that's kind of the trails that i would call, I know, like lean towards so for some reason i just built a relationship with them at deer valley and uh, i said i wanted to come back and they offered me almost a week's stay at their lodge so i'm like i'm gonna go that sounds awesome so um i'm gonna do that and then uh when i'm back home usually it's yeah i'm, I'm usually on the local trails here even though we have three bike parks but do you think run. that the bike park thing has to do with like maybe your level of fitness right now? Because uh, like, this is me from the outside, from the outside, looking at you, you got an e-bike, yeah. you gain weight and you're riding a lot of park. And those things mm -hmm. all like in my I, eyes, like slightly say like maybe the level of fitness isn't. I don't, I is. don't think it's not, I don't think it's helped. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? right. Like, I don't think me going out on the e-bike for for a couple hours is like the same uh, cardio I'm getting on the trail bike. So I'm definitely thinking that. I mean, one of the things I did say when I started doing this was I was going to take the trail bike out as much as the e-bike. I'm just getting better right now, so I'm going to go out tomorrow for my first ride, like on a trail bike. But I think that you're not you're not wrong. I think that's something that maybe I'm in denial over because I have the e-bike and like. Even when I go to, let's say you've been to Sky Park there, even though it's not lift access, it's hard not to bring the e-bike because you get so many more laps in, you know? You How just many laps do you do on the e-bike there? I don't know, but I in the, I want to say at least double with the, within an hour and a half time, if not more. Yeah. You, and also, when instead of like being tired and taking a break on the trail bike, um, I just feel like as soon as I'm done with the run, I'll just keep going and pedal back up for the next lap. So yeah. it's just one continuous ride. And I don't think, I will say this. I'm, I don't think that I'm not getting a workout by the e-bike either. It's a different kind. Like my upper body yeah. is feeling it more than my, yeah. cardio, than my cardio, but it's completely like, I'm not as exhausted. I feel like your cardio is a hundred, you're a hundred percent getting the cardio. 
yeah you're definitely like not getting the exercise on the muscles the same way yeah like it's like saying like oh yeah well yeah you could go into the gym and do a hundred freaking squats with a five pound bar on your shoulders yeah you know what i mean like your heart rate's gonna be there that's your cardio Mm-hmm. but that's not the same as going in there and doing a bunch of squats with like whatever a shit ton of weight right no it's true and then you know i what I'm, one thing i should have done earlier too was once i started riding the e-bike so much i didn't supplement that with going to the gym at all so mm-hmm. I, I i have a gym membership now and i'm gonna start getting a routine down what you know it's weird like once i feel like your routine changes like it for me my routine changed in covid and it became less healthy it was like yeah. not as structured, but then as much as that became becomes routine, you just get used to this new way of living and it may not be as healthy as it was before. So it's weird. As long as the longer that went on, the harder it was to switch out of. But like, That's what COVID did to me. That's where I got from um, the 250s to the 300 mark. COVID like when that, COVID yeah. hit, I was like, it was like a fucking vacation, man. Yeah. I was like, dude, it's drink beers every night. It's like yeah. a long weekend. Because originally, remember, remember they like kind of told us that you're going to be off for two weeks and then everything's going to be fine again, right? Yeah. And yep. my office closed. They were like, hey, you're getting paid for the next two weeks. Like, here you go. How about it? And um, basically, like, my, my brain was like vacation mode. It was yeah. like... We were literally dessert. eating dessert with like every meal, like my whole family. We just were like, yeah, this is fun. You know, yeah. it was like, like we were like, we were in Hawaii or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a vacation from your normal life completely. And, and as crappy as the situation was like, there was that positive side to it yeah. when you're like, Hey, we're on a free for all right now. Let's go. Yeah. With it. <laughs> so then it just kept like prolonging though. Yeah. And I think what happened was like, kind of what you just said is it turned into this like newer normal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, um, uh, it took me to step on the scale that one day. Like I kept looking in the mirror and being like, yeah, you're getting bigger. You're getting bigger. Yeah. But the- like, I've lost enough, like a bunch of weight, a bunch of times in the past that I'm like, oh, I could lose 30 pounds and take me like a month. It's not a big deal, wow. you know? And, um, so I just kind of like was blowing it off, blowing it off. And then that one day where it was like, I stepped on the scale and for whatever reason, I don't know what it like, maybe just cause it's like, you know, jumping up another number, but mm-hmm. from like 290 to be in like 300, when I saw 300, it was like, that was the time. Dude, yeah. There's no, like no denying right now. You're a fat guy. Like you're like, <laughs> you, where you had to like, look at yourself and, t- and say that were you like, that's yeah. It was just like, there's no, like, like, like I could look at myself in the mirror and see like, yeah, I got a beer belly or whatever, but I definitely didn't see myself the way I look at the pictures of myself at that weight right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like well, right now that you're at 250, do you feel better about yourself than three? Obviously you do, right? Yeah, or, I definitely feel better about myself. But yeah. the problem is that's part of the problem though, is because yeah. like then you're kind of happier. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're like, oh, well, this is good. You know, like, this is not yeah. my goal, but man, this is great compared to where I was. <laughs> For sure. You know, like, like no bullshit. Like, it was hard to, like, because I'm a guy that gains all my weight in the middle of my body. So, like, to bend over and tie my shoes was a fucking, like, that was a chore yeah. at 300. 
Like it's like like pushing my lung, my my belly up into my diaphragm, into my lungs, and like making it hard to like like that was hard. Yeah. It would be like, you know what? I'm just gonna wear boots or like slide on shoes. I don't give a shit. Mm. I don't need to wear no tie shoes. Like what how what am I? I'm fucking third grade, you know, <laughs> like and uh now it's like, oh wow, man, like that's I look at myself in those pictures when I'm editing those videos. Yeah. And it's like, man, that happened quick. Yeah. You know, like maybe it wasn't like I went to sleep one night and woke up, poof, you know, yeah. but like it felt like it was quick. Yeah. You know? But I mean, it happened. I feel like for, for me this last time, I felt like it happened quick, but just because I wasn't facing it or I was like, like you just said, like you always kind of knew in the back of your head, like I gained. 20 ish pounds, but in the, in the back of my head, I kind of saw it happening, but just pretended it was like, yeah. Oh, that number's there, but whatever, like you'll, yeah. you, you know, you're fluctuating. I would make up some bull crap excuse about it or something. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a process I'm learning. Like it's a, it's a, as much of a mental thing as it is a physical thing. And that's yeah. what's surprising to me. It's because I think, it, I think one of the things that I, I battle with the most is because I've lost a lot of weight multiple times in my life. Yeah. So like, like in my head, I'm like, oh, that's a three month problem. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's a month of being a Nazi and two months of being pretty strict and you can be back there. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And um, this time, like I had never, like all the times that I've always had those thoughts in my head, I was younger. And this time it was like, wow, yeah. um, this whole like getting older metabolism thing, like is weird like it is this weird. really made me like think like should I, you, you listen to those like bullshit ads like three o'clock in the morning you're like your testosterone is low you should get this pill <laughs> and i'm like are they right yeah. <laughs> like, do i have to know, worry about that is that something that happens at my age now <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know man hey not to change subject but um thanks for your recommendation and uh christmas valley i took that and rode that's why i went there is because you because you told me about it Oh, great. You know, honestly, um, I just rode that last weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned it again. Or yeah. It? Yeah, I made a video about it and it was it was it's like a rad loop that um I had no idea because everything I feel like it was a good suggestion because so many things in Tahoe are like full day adventures. Yeah. You know, just like a it's just like a big place, a lot of pedaling and a lot of elevation, but it was a good two hour loop, I would say, around there, right? Yeah, yeah, I um, I I tend to to do some other stuff with it. So like this last time that I did it, um, we we rode from the bottom, probably where I told you to park, yeah, all the way up to the top of Toads, so that we could get some extra elevation. Oh wow! And then then rode back down the way that we climbed up, and then finished Christmas Valley. So it turned into like a little over a three thousand foot day. Damn, dude. Um, the main reason I did that is because um, next week is my 45th birthday and ah. I am planning to go to Downeyville and climb Downeyville. Then Whoa. Whoa. So, yeah. So how are you going to, what's the climb? Are you just go straight up the downhill trail? No, because I've had to walk up those trails before to like go help a buddy. And that yeah. would be ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> 
you're on some other kind of crazy mission. So there's an alt trail or something. You so there's apparently a route where you take the road, that, like the way that the shuttle truck would take you. It's about six miles up the road. And then there's a fire road that is, I don't know what, what, how good or bad it is, but my buddy did it last year and he said, it's not too bad of a climb. It's just long. Yeah. So, um, I've also heard some people say that a fire road, another particular fire road that was also in South Lake Tahoe is not that bad. And it was like the worst climb of my entire life. Yeah. So this is the thing with mountain biking is you never know really the skill set of the guy who's telling you, right? It's all relative you know I mean? to the person giving you the info. Right. Unless yeah. it's like a really good friend. So yeah. I could be screwed or I, I could not be screwed, but this is the thing. Um, my, my, I have a long-term goal of doing a 10,000 10, feet of climbing in one day. That's big. So I watched all these guys do these Everest videos. And I was like, one of the guys was the dude from Dialed Health. And, and he was saying, like, do something that just seems ridiculous to you, right? And one of the rides that I did when I started losing weight was this, like, what I called, like, the whole kitchen sink ride in Auburn. And it was, okay. like, the biggest ride I'd ever done. It was like, I don't know, 30 miles and 4,500 feet elevation. That's a long day. Right. So I, in my head, when that guy said that about like pick something, I started thinking, well, what would be worse than that? You know? And I was like, maybe I'll do it twice. And then that was like, that would be roughly like 9,000 feet. And I think I was on a, a podcast with Paul the punter. And he was like, he said, dude, you can't do 9,000 feet. Like you have to do 10, right? Cause yeah. that's the video, right? I climbed 10,000 feet yeah. and it just kind of stuck with me. And so I've been like, kind of, I was working on that last fall and whenever the time changed, it just kind of screwed things up and it never happened. How many so, hours do you think it would be? I don't know. Last fall I did a ride that was around 7,000 feet in one day. And I think we were on the bike for like four, like five hours, five or six hours. Wow. So, um, this Downeyville ride is really a training ride to get to that, that point. I can't wait to hear about it. I, I know just the shuttle to get up there is like 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, that's a van and everything, you know? So, so the whole ride though is only 5,000 feet. So that counts yeah. climbing. Like that's true. As much as you would love to say that Downeyville is all downhill. It's it, there are some, there's some ups that if you're yeah. using Strava or Garmin or whatever, they may be carried by speed. So you're gaining elevation as you're descending. Right. Yeah. And, um, there's also the climb in the middle from the, the river up to third. Yeah. That's I a pretty good one. Yeah. It's probably like at least five, 600 feet. Yeah. So, um, my buddy's ride on Strava was like barely over 5,000 feet. So I'm assuming the climb is only going to be about 4k okay which um so i've been trying to do a lot of of high elevation climbing yeah and like last weekend for example was i think 3100 feet and that was at a higher elevation than what downeyville gets to so i feel pretty confident but yeah. overall i would be a complete liar if i told you i'm not intimidated by it yeah, I bet. I mean, that's that's a real ride right there. I mean, even the Downey the Downeyville one, right? You're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah. just scary to think about um, 
because I've ridden that shuttle so many times, you know, and, and like you said, it's like 45 minutes of driving. It is. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you doubt yourself either, but I just no. know that's, that's real. No, it's really real. And, yeah. and the downhill is not, not like flowy, just like have a good time downhill. Yeah. Like it's, it's active working. working, like you're, 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 you're pushing it. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about it. Um, another friend that has a, a, a big YouTube channel is actually flying down to do it with me too. Ah, so, to see if I can guess who it is. If you guess, I'll tell you. If you don't, I'll tell you. Because is it from, is it from, in, from Canada? Huh? No, he's not from Canada, but damn close. Oh, is it Daily? You got it, dude. Ah. <laughs> so I'm I, pretty sure he's going to do it on a hardtail too. He just did the EWS on that thing, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. So I don't doubt he would do it on that. Wow. Yeah. So that's great. I, I feel like he's all in on the hardtails right now. So yeah. yeah I know how that goes. I had a hardtail for a while and I was all I wanted to do was always beat my friends that had a full suspension bike on anything. Yeah. So, I never I never had a hardtail. I went straight into full squish. I feel like you should get one. Just it for... will um even if you don't plan on keeping it forever. It will really, it makes you learn about like choosing your lines and it makes you also realize what your full suspension is doing for you. You're more appreciative of the, of yeah. the like, yeah, I bet. But I will say the thing that I enjoyed about it most was just the pure, the pure like ability to, whether it's internally or externally brag to myself that I did it on a hardtail. Yeah. So it like turned into this thing where every one of my, local janky trails i i would be like can i get that same time on this hardtail mm -hmm. what would happen I, I i would eventually yeah like not initially though initially it'd be like oh my god that was really hard i imagine you, know? you have to just pay attention to every little crevice and little drop and rock channel and every little thing just to know the trail that much better because you I feel everything I think the biggest thing is have a dropper that is as possibly long as it could be, right? So if there's room for another 10 millimeters of dropper, get that one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and if it's like you got a, a 170 on there, but you could probably fit a 185, then buy a 200 and use one, buy one of those ones that lets you adjust it. Yeah. So you get 185. So I think it's that. And then because what I'm what I, what I was going to say is that your legs are your suspension. So if you have that seat in your way, that's that's gonna that's gonna impact you. Yeah. So if you can get that seat like dropped to the freaking frame, then your legs are all of your suspension, and it's more tiring than actually letting up something from Fox do it for you. Mm -hmm. But it's the same amount of movement. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. It was really fun. I I ended up when I sold my hardtail, I ended up buying the 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 tall boy, which is a short travel bike. And um for me, the I I remember my main reason for buying the tall boy was I just want enough rear suspension to kind of take away some of that chatter on the trail that would make my 45-year-old back just hate myself at the end of a ride. Yeah. 
and right. and the tall boy does that perfectly mm -hmm. 120 millimeters it's like as you're riding with a hardtail like all those little pebbles and shit you don't want to be out of your saddle all day so yeah. you're sitting and those little impacts at least for me maybe it's just because my back's not perfect anymore but mine either by the end of the day my back would just be like i hate myself for riding this bike you know yeah i, I feel like that's that kind of style bike like 130 is mm -hmm. looked past so much like you for a lot of the trails we do we could that would be a fine bike right like yeah you know i i and i some of the time you know i'm riding the capra a lot right now and, and some of the trails because yeah, I have one bike I'm going to bring to Utah, so that's going to be it. But on some of the trails I'm going to be riding, it's so much overkill. Right. It's not like it's a bad time or anything, but there's definitely you can get away with a much less travel bike on most trails. I think down here in SoCal, and same for you there. Some of it's not even the gnarliness of the trails. It's just it's always so dry and loose and hard. It's yeah. It's nice having that extra suspension. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that... Um... Well, my hardtail, I had 140 up front. I used the same fork on my tall boy build. So that's 140 up front, 120 in the back. Yep. I, I've ridden almost everything on that tall boy that I would normally ride on my Bronson. I've done Downeyville on it. I've done Mills Peak and a bunch of other chunky rides. Oh, yeah. And, and the only thing that I can say is whenever I've taken my tall boy to some of those trails, at the end of the day, it would be, I, I could just feel my body was beat up. And, <laughs> yeah. and I would think to myself that probably like, even though I could do it on my tall boy and I did, and it was fun. And I had a good time. It would be more fun on my Bronson just because then my body wouldn't be so um, fatigued from taking all those impacts that yeah. I could have more fun like be more playful on the trail and stuff like that yeah and then maybe the next day you wouldn't feel as beat up either you could probably yeah. ride easily the next day yeah. yeah it definitely takes off some of that the chatter and everything like that and those hard hits sometimes it feels like you get punched in the stomach if you're on something real stiff too you know? yeah what are, the, what are the chances of you um change the subject here are you uh because you mentioned you were just here in socal but are you ever gonna do like a longer term trip we're down here where we can show you some trails I need to come down there and, and visit you, man. That's really yeah. down to, dude. You're welcome like, anytime. I I we I was gonna say you can stay here, but my wife just turned the bedroom into an office. But there's some chill places to stay around here for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we could figure something out, man. My my lady travels down that way for work sometimes. I I was thinking about trying to like tag along on one of her trips or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. But um, overall, I just need to set it up, and it's one of those things where it's close enough that it's so easy to put it off because it's it's that close yeah but it's far enough away that it's not really like day trip you know what i mean yeah so yeah. i could drive down to yosemite or or uh you see in santa cruz and it's three hours three and a half hours or something like that yeah Come How down, far? go down, ride for a day and turn around, come back. It's not that big of a deal. It, it sucks being in a car for six hours, but like to drive to LA, I mean, that was like, it took me almost eight hours to get oh, to, to yeah. Christmas or what was that place? We went Santa's village. Sky park. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was surprised. I did, did you come down for the day? You came down for the, over the camping, right? 
I came originally, I was, I originally when I booked it, I was thinking I was driving down there in the morning, but I was drinking at the airport on my way to get married. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't really do the math until I got home and I was like, wait a minute, you can't get to the bike park by leaving your house in Sacramento in the same <laughs> day. So you're going to have to drive down there, spend the night. And then I had booked, uh, uh, a night in those airstreams across the street yeah. street. Thanks to you. And, um, then uh then my lady bailed on me because oh, no. when she sobered up she was like oh, i don't know if i want to do that and <laughs> so i realistically i think i could have just flew down road and flew home yeah maybe i should try that with you yeah that'd be cool let me know when you're coming see if i can do it like that's the video can i ride that's the video one day flying to john wayne which is a big airport it's only like 30 minutes for me yeah, okay. I'll come grab you. We'll go up in the mountains and then I'll drop you off after the day. Bam, right there on the That's in it. the airplane, stinking, stinking. <laughs> <laughs> Are I you good like at packing your bike? I, I have never done the bike bag before. Have you done that? Yeah, done I have. Arizona, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I've done it a few times. Actually, um, I, I've actually done it outside of the country too when I went oh, to wow. Jamaica. Um, it's it's pretty easy. So yeah. it's, it's not really so, like, I definitely don't have any fear of my bike getting broken, but I'm also not the type of guy that would have fear about it. Even if there was a reason to be scared. Yeah, I know. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like I, I'm just definitely not one of those dudes that gives a lot of fucks. Hence the shirt I'm wearing right now. No fucks given for those of you guys that are listening on the podcast. You can swing by my website and pick one up. There it is. Plug. Oh, what was I going to yeah, say? Right. Um, you say you're close to Yosemite. I just went to Dodge Ridge and they're building more trails. Oh, God. Um, Let's talk about Dodge Ridge. <laughs> Do you know? Because for someone that lives in the area, I had never heard of it or knew it even existed. Do you know of this place from like that area, that your neck of the woods? The most epic hike a bike I've ever done in my life was in Dodge Ridge. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds terrible. I'm probably going to piss some people off, but. Hey, I'm good at that. There is easily 60 miles or more of single track in the Pinecrest area that is amazing riding. That's all on. How did that guy say it in Trail Boss? Is it like a pre, pre sanctioned? Is that what he said? Pre sanctioned. It's yeah. pre sanctioned trails or unsanctioned. <laughs> but like, I, I think you showed me a video of this when I was at your house. Or you it's made a possible. video and you were telling me like, we've got to go there sometime where you have yeah. to go there. It's like this unbelievable in the middle of nowhere, beautiful yeah. tech. There's like rock features and right. Yeah. So okay. there was like a certain point in the two days that we were up there riding that some of us needed to bail out. And in order for us to bail out, there was a general direction trail that had tree falls and all kinds of other stuff in it that there wasn't really a trail but we generally were pointed in the direction of dodge ridge and uh we got to dodge ridge and that's how we knew how to get out was once you got to the ski lift or the the lifts you could go up one of the runs and get back to a road yeah and let me tell you that was probably at most a blue run in the in the winter oh my god that literally was the worst hike a bike I've ever had in my life. 
Uh, How long did it take you? I don't remember, but all three of us that were doing that all remember it distinctively exactly the same way. I remember looking not at the top of the hill. I, I remember just looking at the guy that was in front of me and thinking, just try to make it to there. <laughs> yeah oh man you're in that mode just and then i would get to there and he would be up further and it would be like does it look like he's at the top no he's not at the top yeah oh wait he's stopping so maybe that's the flat spot you know and it would be yeah. just try to make it to there and uh so anyways there is an ungodly amount of amazing riding in that area so when I, and and i'm was very familiar with dodge ridge because of that hike a bike experience yeah. so when they said that they were opening something up um i really feel like that place is ready to be probably like northern california's one of their better trail system it, it, it's systems that like it, it's just like right there my yeah. understanding is all those those pre-sanctioned trails yeah. I'm, I'm working with the trail boss guy from last week to not say unsanctioned anymore all okay. those pre-sanctioned trails are um they're they're right there they're like yeah. in the process of negotiating that process as we all know could be 20 years right? yeah so yeah. When, I, when i went i talked to the marketing guy and they had an event that day and the bike club that was in charge of the trails there were there and they said that same thing that you said they said they're in the process right now of opening up yeah. those trails and yeah. if that opens up and then dodge ridge keeps opening up trails it could be like a new mecca yeah if that place opens up i have already several times looked at real estate up there to figure out could i open up a bike shop or yeah. like you could do an inst you could instantly drop a bike shop in and do shuttles sort of like Downeyville yeah. and, and be golden. Yeah. To be, to be a hundred, like the way there's a couple of, of main roads that you go up to get to a lot of the stuff that also brings you back down to a generally pedalable spot to get you back to where you got picked up from, you know, or yeah. where you would park at similar to Downeyville. And I think because of that, um, it would just be really good because it's not like Downeyville is basically one main run. Yeah. You know, you could do Polly Creek or, or big bear or big boulder, but those also have a lot of climbing to them Yeah, where that area has multiple really intense stuff that all drops from the same places. That's awesome. So it's yeah. basically like a its own shuttle bike park. Like you could just keep it's going. It's ready. Down. Yeah. It's yeah. so ready. It's just, it's just um, it's remote, you know, it's really remote right now. But I mean, if you thought about Downeyville before people were used to driving it, I mean, it takes me like two hours. Yeah. You know, two and a half hours if I get behind somebody slow to get out to Downeyville. So for it's sure. Remote. It is remote. And there's nothing really around it except for it. Like yeah. I don't have any reason to go to Downeyville. No offense, Downeyville. I love that little town, yeah. but there's not 100%. much else for going on there. You know, like it's a beautiful place, though. Like once you're there, it's beautiful. You want to go in yeah. the river. You want to do what else is there to do? But um, you know, that's why you go. It's mountain biking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so that place, I'm I'm really excited to see what Dodge Ridge is doing, and I wonder if you know them opening that up 
when they do that, there's going to be an influx of, uh, of money being spent there for mountain bikers. Yeah. And right now that place, they only know of, you know, some rogue people that are coming up there that may have a friend of a friend or like are in the know or whatever. Yeah. So it's not like that mountain biking is bringing in a lot of money to that town. But once Dodge Ridge is doing that, yeah. now that's saying, hey, all those people that we had here in the wintertime that were here for skiing that are like at our little shop and in our breakfast and stuff like that, they're now here all year. Yep. So maybe that helps with the getting the trails to be sanctioned, you know? Yeah. And, and, and as we're talking about Dodge Ridge, I'll let you know, but they're supposed to open up two or three more uh, trails this season. They're going to keep working on them. So if I go up again, maybe you can meet me out there. Yeah, no, I would definitely go. I would definitely go. I, yeah, I watched but... your video a hundred percent because I was, I was really curious to see what it looked like and what was happening there. I, I got some kind of press release about it. Yeah. Maybe a couple months ago. And um, it was, it wasn't, it was kind of vague. It didn't really explain it. And then once I saw that you were going there, I had looked into it and then I had heard from somebody else. They were like, Oh, it's only some green runs right now. Yeah. I would I would definitely wait. Don't go up there right now. It's just no. on the green trail. And it was kind of pedally, to be honest with you. It wasn't like a full downhill, but they are working currently with this company called Trailscape that builds bike parks, apparently. And uh like what they did was proper, like they made proper berms. Uh, they know what they're doing. So with the next trails they make, they're going to be nice. I think they're going to. Well, and you said that trail was like five miles long and a green yeah. trail. I, I feel like that's actually, even if it is peddly, it, it would be peddly for somebody like us. That's the way that we would look at it. But yeah, if you're up there for some little week long getaway with your family, that's an oh, option yeah. to go over there and ride this five mile downhill trail with your family. Totally. And, and a lot of families were doing that. Like you yeah. can tell there's a lot of first timers that had never yeah. been on a bike. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's, you know, that's really, one of the things that I really thought was rad about Santa's Village when I was up there. Yeah. That like that really catered for all of the skill sets. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it, it, it the 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 least catered was probably the upper skill sets. Yeah. But I felt like that place was was an amazing park in a small area. They really do a lot with limited, not limited, but yeah. within the limited space they have. Everything kind of intertwines together and, and yeah. moves around each other. A lot of people, what they do at Sky Park too, like you'll get full families that go and dad will ride the trails and mom and the kids will go and do the amusement park and then dad will go and meet them during that and have lunch with them. So it's kind of it's, it's kind of like used, kind of like you said, like you forget that when you pay for the bike park ticket, you also pay for that like – all the stuff, the zip line and all the crazy yeah. climbing wall and all the stuff they have going on in the village. But I, I told a lot of people about it. And actually, I mean, I'm I'm one of those people. I, I am like so far behind on my edits right now. I just realized that's like one of the videos that I recorded that I didn't do. Oh, yeah. But hey, I, I'm, go ahead. I've told a lot of people about that place. Like, hey, if you're a mountain biker, go down there and, and stay across the street for a week or a couple of yeah. days or whatever. You, you would have fun with your family. You're, yeah. you're just exactly what you just said. It's a you beautiful know, you, place too. And it's a little bit cooler in the summer. I mean, yeah. I'm just an advocate. I just like it. It's good vibes up there. You know, you're in the, you're in the woods, you're in the forest, even on a hot day, you go up there. It's like 15 degrees cooler. 
you walk across the street and it's just beautiful views of, of LA and the like yeah. at night is the way it's all lit up. That oh was yeah. Rad. It was so rad, you know, it's and um, experience. yeah, a hundred percent. I I've told a bunch of people that if um, you're looking for a little weekend getaway and maybe you want to have some fun and you want to be able to do some fun stuff with the kids, that, that place is really rad. I, yeah. I put in like 3000 feet of climbing that day. That's and good. Yeah, I, I I put in a solid day. Yeah, and I had a lot of fun. There was good progression there, and I mean, I did a lot of the trails over and over and over again. But I mean, mm-hmm. whatever. Like it was still, I had a great time. You know yeah. what I mean? Everything's built really well too. The wood features yeah. and everything. Like you can really trust it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first part of the day, I probably would say every run that I did the first time was, oh, okay, that's not a eight foot drop on the other side of that or uh <laughs> you know what i mean so you do everything and then you have to do it again yeah. to feel comfortable you know and then that's where like you said with the guys with the e-bikes i just saw those guys like zip and laps yeah they and, actually need a separate trail for e-bikes now too yeah that's crazy yeah you need to zip up um you know it's favorite talk about bike parks I, I'm going to a bike park this week. I haven't been on the bike in a while, and I'm just thinking about it. You know, like, if you haven't been to a bike park in a while, you almost have to acclimate mentally to the speed and just how different things are. I don't know if you ever get like that, but I do. Like, there's proper jumps. Like, your local trails are, are, are one thing. Like, you know them pretty good. But it takes me, like, an afternoon or a day to get used to the speed, the um, – the features get to know the trails again and just get up to being normal again on a bike park brain. Yeah. I would say that I can't totally relate with you because, um, I've honestly only been to a couple of bike parks. Yeah. That Santa's village being one North star one time and spider mountain in Texas one time. Like I'm not a, a bike park. Person. Hey, how was spider mountain? I'm, I might go down there this winter too. I would go. I would yeah. go. I I would re- I would say it's similar to Santa's Village. Is it? But yeah, that's that's the way. Yeah, but with a lift because I went there with um with the the NorCal kind of of I don't know what to say. In my mind, I do rides that I drop three to five thousand feet on on a yeah. regular basis. Right. So to go somewhere that has 300 feet of elevation from the top to the bottom, I wasn't expecting much. I right. really, I, in my mind, I already wrote it off as being like kind of shitty. Yeah. Like a whatever. Yeah. And, and I went and I was like, yeah, this would be cool though. I went to Texas and ride some park, you know, yeah. and it was really good. I had a really good time. So, um, it was once again, uh, a great use of elevation and um, a bunch of, bunch of trails going on in and all over each other. Kind of like that, you know? Yeah. Cool. But no, the builders did a great job. Honestly, there was stuff that I was challenging on. There was stuff that I was afraid to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Did you fly into Austin? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. I, I um, had some, a work trip in, in Houston at the same time. So I, I kind of paired them up together and was able to squeeze the work trip and the fun trip into the same trip. Cool. Yeah, it was rad. So that was definitely a cool thing. I like it. I like it when that happens, right? Yeah, you're 
surprised and happily. So you were talking about bike parks, and I, I wanted I want to talk to you about like what happened to you a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> is, it, is it like PTSD? Are you gonna like? No, no you know what? It, it is when I edit it because I have to watch it a whole whole bunch of times. But by the time I'm done editing it, because I, I, I want to say I'm thankful it got on video because it was an accidental. I'll start from the beginning. Yeah, go ahead and explain what happened. Yeah, I was at Snow Valley here. It's one of the other bike parks in SoCal. It's actually 20 minutes away from Sky Park. I was having a really good day. It rained the night before. Skiro Dirt, um, doing some features I never did before. And um, long story short, you know that like feeling when you're at a feature and you go and you're just pedaling to the next one on a trail just to get from A to B. I literally was just riding my bike down this stupid little pathway and my front wheel turned, but I happened to be on top of a rock and got pitched over the bars. But where I landed, my head landed straight into a boulder. So I'm coming off about a five foot drop didn't catch myself and the top of my head just smashed, broke my helmet. I actually heard things crack. I got freaked out and I thought it was my neck, but it was the helmet inside the, um, the styrofoam or whatever it is, did its job and yeah. uh, cracked for me. So it took the pressure off, but um, I was just like, if you guys check out the video on my channel from two weeks ago, you, I have it there. Somebody was accidentally filming the GoPro is still on and just happened to catch it. Cause it wasn't even like a feature. Um, but I went into that like primal body like yeah. sound mode and it's just like you're not in control of your body. I remember touching my fingers together and my toes because I didn't know if I had broken my neck or anything like that. But it was pretty traumatizing yeah. because not only did I get hurt from it, not only did I almost break my neck, but I think the reality of how quickly things can change in the trail really set in for me because i've gotten knocked out before i've got i've gotten in some gnarly crashes this is the first time where um something that gnarly happened when i wasn't like trying something does that make sense like like i wasn't going for it i was yeah just, yeah like, i was just like just riding my bike down the stupid hill for a minute and uh wasn't paying attention wasn't giving the the trail the presence it deserved and i paid the price for it yeah it's it's funny when those kind of accidents happen when i separated my shoulder and um that kept me off the bike for six months yeah, I, that's, that's i was going down a simple trail like honestly that i i popped off of some rock that at the most was six to 12 inches from the ground you know what i mean yeah. like it was yep. zero thought about being hurt possibility of getting hurt and next thing you know, I I'm flying through the air and I remember putting my hand out and I just heard that noise of this pop noise. And um, I knew as soon as I heard that, my brain was like, that wasn't good because yeah. that's not a noise that I heard. So I can imagine hearing crunching noise after you like how did i say that in in the comment you like head torpedoed yeah like totally. like, like <laughs> yeah. into that rock and uh like to hear some crunching noise i would have been in the same headspace like yeah. dude i'm dead right like it, i'm it like, i totally but, thought that i thought that my neck was breaking and then i had to, like really really most intense pain i've ever had on my back not even on my neck I, although my neck did hurt from that it was in my like right underneath my shoulder blades all got compressed so it was like you know like my head just getting squished into my spine yeah um, and 
just yeah dude like i guess there's not much more for me to say about it it just freaked me freaked me out when i heard the cracking and then that pain and then me not being in control of the sounds coming out of me you know that like lose your breath and everything at the same time it was just like i think the first thing i thought of was like did that just fucking happen like right. it was such i was so in such a mellow mode in such a chill space headwise and it happened in almost slow motion like right everything needed to go wrong perfectly for me to hit that rock and it did right and i was like are you fucking kidding me like that's remember i remember being almost pissed off about it because how the hell did i let that happen to me and now I have to deal with this. And that's what I remember thinking. Like, I think it's really interesting how your brain like calculates all of those things in slow motion when they happen. Yeah. I've never been in an accident where it's like, I don't know how that happened. Like no, right? every accident that I've ever had, I remember being like, like, oh shit, that just went wrong. I'm flying yep. through the air. This is going to suck. Man, I wonder how much it's going to cost at the hospital. Like, like all these, like, like you know what I mean? Like, you have yeah. this whole dialogue in what is realistically like a quarter of a second. It all I just think. flashes, and it does. It feels like you're in slow motion. You know, all those thoughts happen. You're having a conversation with yourself. You're yeah. like, what? Like, I remember being like, "How did I get in this situation?" I remember thinking, like, "Do I have to go to the hospital? Oh, that's going to suck. Tomorrow's going to suck. Why can't yeah. I ride my bike?" Like all these things just hit you at once. Yeah. Like, it, it, it really is kind of it's traumatizing the fact that that one two second mistake is going to change your life potentially yeah. forever doesn't it not yeah. forever but like potentially it could yeah. I, I think coming away from that one thing i never do and i every time i get in an injury i never do the the never do it right i always just like go back to the bike park or go back to the same trail because i need to prove to myself that i got this instead of building my confidence up and like getting back to it normally like there's something to say from like taking an injury because i used to do it in skating i used to just get better and then if i was hurt i would go back and do the same trick so i wouldn't be scared of it but yeah. in in mountain biking it's not like doing a trick it's like dude like chill out for a minute plus you're old now <laughs> like just take it easy for a second and, and go do a ride do a chill ride and then you'll get there again yeah it's hard. it's hard though because i've done both and i think there's something to be said for going right back up on the yeah. top of that thing and doing it again yeah because i've also done the like go build it up slowly and there's been some circumstances where i feel like that ended up being the wrong decision because it took me then like six months of Mentoring. trying to build my confidence back you know yeah this one's weird because it wasn't like something I even tried. I feel like it fucked up my confidence because it was such a traumatic injury or some sort of a traumatic fall. So the idea of mountain biking is a little bit different. But the I had done like the biggest drop I ever did at yeah. No Valley just 10 minutes before. So it's 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 a weird place to find yeah. me. And I, I guess I, you know what? I guess I'll figure it out at the bike park in utah this week like when i drop in like how am i gonna feel on the bike because i was at dodge ridge and it was kind of a green yeah. whatever trail it didn't really count we'll see i feel like you are experiencing something similar to me whenever i had that injury with my my shoulder and um because it wasn't something that you quote like air quote should be scared of right that's what's fucking with you the most so like yeah. for me when i got that injured i never thought about my gear failing 
every mm-hmm. I every instance of how I got severely injured mountain biking of in my brain of imagining was from me fucking up something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I never thought like, hey, I could be on some mediocre bullshit and my fork fails. And all of a sudden, I'm not able to ride my bike and my shoulder's all fucked up for the next six months. Yeah. And and so for you, it's the same thing where it's it's like, oh, well, I know all these things I'm supposed to be scared of. The biggest drop, this double, this whatever, you know, this black diamond sign. But I shouldn't be scared of just like chilling out, chopping it up with the buddies. And yeah. now that happened. And I realized I could be a paraplegic from... Yeah. The, like the 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 this 30 foot section of the trail that means nothing to me yeah like I, I, I it's true like where do you put that yeah where do you place that in your because you're used to, like you said you're used to like well if it's a drop i fell on i draw it was a drop yeah. i fell on it was, yeah. it was me i just didn't do it right right but this is something that's so random and so like off-putting that it's hard to put, place that in your brain and make sense of it because it's like well that can happen all the time or anytime yeah, yeah. And that's it's, where the fear is then yeah you yeah. can't compartmentalize it right yeah. so because it, it's i think you just nailed it because it's a thing that could happen anytime yeah like it's zero predictability like our mind is like always rain like weighing risk and reward right yeah so so we're we're looking at that drop or whatever that thing is that gnarly little shoot and we're thinking that looks hella sketchy. I think I could die there. Yeah. Is it worth how much fun I think it's going to be or the like high fives afterwards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But we don't look at that, you know, normal trail as that, you know? No, not at all. And and you could almost think of it as just in a lot in life. Like, you know, you like, I just read an article, somebody in North Carolina died because the beach umbrella impaled them from a windstorm. Like, yeah. and I know that's very random, right. and stupid, but like, it's kind of like that randomness, you know, like yeah. where you compartmentalize being on the beach and you could be dead. Like that lady didn't think that when she went to the beach that I don't mean to get so weird with this one, but that's, no. how, that's kind of the same vibe, vibe, you know? Yeah. I've had those same thought process. I've read about people that felt like slipped in the shower. Yeah, exactly. Like just the way that they fell, they like hit the back of their head just perfectly and poof, they're dead. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, that that's the same kind of shit, man. It's yeah. like, I feel like, you can't go down those rabbit holes without having repercussions, you know? And and that's where I was talking about earlier, where I think sometimes it's better to just go up there and like get back on top of that rock and roll right over it again. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, just get the cobwebs least, out. At least for me, man, as soon as I give that thing a little bit of time, it starts growing legs, you know, growing yeah. roots, you know? It does. And I think that's, that's what's going to happen to me a little bit. Cause I'm thinking about going and riding and I'm like a little bit anxiety, but I think that just comes from not being on the bike and having an injury. Like, I think once yeah. I get back on the bike, things will auto like, look like the, the autopilot. I know what I'm doing. I'm, yeah. I know how to do this. Don't forget that you know what you're doing. Like, yeah, I think that it'll come back. Cause it usually always does. And sometimes you, know, you just have an off day though, too. Like yeah. you'll have an off day afterwards and then that'll get in your head a little bit more. Yeah. But then maybe the next ride after that, where you're maybe back on your local turf or just with the right group of people and you kind of forget about that incident. Yeah. Yeah. Then you true. get out and you just like you have one of those days where it's all high fives and smiles, you know, and yeah. 
then all of a sudden you're like, we're just going right. You felt really good on the bike. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of brings it back. Yeah, that's true. I, I probably go through that emotional roller coaster almost any time I have an accident, even if it's not um, detrimental. Like even yeah. if I just like wash out and and you know take a bunch of skin off. Yeah, I would say. You know, probably at the moment for the rest of that day, okay, yeah, maybe I'm a little more apprehensive. But what happens to me is is more like I'm super analytical. So after the fact, I'll start chewing it up. Yeah. And then I build this anxiety. Even after, like even knowing that the rest of the day I was fine, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll start building this anxiety after the fact. And then um, it, 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 it'll it affect me. Yeah. And um, it's, it's disheartening because usually when anxiety kicks in you logically know that everything that you're telling yourself is bullshit yeah you know yeah it's it's this other you have to this almost, it sounds like we're crazy but these internal voices that i feel like that's what anxiety really is it's like this yeah. other voice that's slipping in and you're allowing it to when usually you have the confidence just to tell it to shut the fuck up yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes it's easier the, to do that than others for sure and after a crash that little voice comes back yeah. a little bit yeah yeah i don't know if anxiety is like a thing that is normal for people when they get older or if it's like one of those things that we probably had in our 20s and and because we're just young and, and don't give a shit we don't or don't know how to like express what it is yeah but it seems like a lot of my friends that i talked to about anxiety usually have similar experiences but um most of us just don't talk about it because it's embarrassing no i i think and i think but i think what's interesting now as we get older i don't know if it's just because we're getting older or just maybe society's changing is that it's becoming more of a normal thing to talk about yeah mental health and things like that like i remember um in my 20s i think i've always had anxiety i just didn't know what to call it I was just, I would call it being shy or yeah. I, I just don't want to be around people or I don't know. Like I, I used to have like a very, I'm, yeah, I was a very shy kid, but I've come out of my shell as I got older. But I remember feeling that feeling of anxiety, but not having a word for it. Yeah. Know? And I think what you just said is exactly what, what I was saying a minute ago is, um, and the only way that I, I recognized it enough to explain is not through my own life is through now having kids that are in their twenties and listening to them explain things to me and me knowing from my life experience, I'm like, Oh dude, you got anxiety about that. It's okay. Like, just like, but they just don't like what you said. They just don't have the like understanding to be able to label it. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure that I was the same way. I'm sure I was doing the same things, but in my head, it was just like, instead of me calling anxiety, it was, I would just be like, Oh, I was being a pussy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, like, totally, like, man. like <laughs> that's what it was, you know? Yeah. Yep. And maybe no, that's I... from us, like growing up in the eighties, like our, our, um, our, our generation, our generation definitely, um, there wasn't a lot of room for mental health in our generation. Not at all. Like, you were, you were being, like you just said, you're being a pussy to get over yeah. it. Yeah, shut up. 
<laughs> cry baby yeah and then, and then and then the next time you've thought about her you felt that way you'd be like well i'm not gonna freaking bring this shit up again yeah exactly. <laughs> bury it like a man yeah exactly <laughs> and then it passed. all right here we are i'm better now right <laughs> no yeah. i made that joke to a friend just the other day we were talking about something and i was like yeah i just i just like to bury that keep it <laughs> Deep down inside where it makes all kinds of emotional issues. Like, yeah. bam. <laughs> I'll deal with it later in some other emotional way, but it's going right. to traumatize me. Right. <laughs> right. Someday I'm going to be 70 and crying about this. But until then, <laughs> Save that one for later, for sure. Right. So, no, hey, I, you know what What I want to talk to you about is, uh, well, let's, let's change gears. What's it like working with a company like YT? Like okay. I'm sure when you started, you had experience in the industry of skating, of working yeah. with brands. Yep. And now you're in this mountain bike space, but they were really your your they were your first in, in my eyes, and correct me if I'm wrong, like your first like real mountain bike sponsor, right? Oh, for sure. And and also with that, let me do this caveat because I get this comment Go sometimes. I am not sponsored by YT, the channel is. I used to be like like a lot of people, I they think that like they come to the channel and they see like my supported by and to be like, this guy isn't good enough to be sponsored. Like, no, I know. Like it's the channel. It's, it's, it's the content creator life. I, I just need to say that because I get comments sometimes and people don't get that, but I am very hey, humble hey, guy. Like I don't think let, I'm good let, enough. Let me, to be let, me, let me tell you this right now. Anybody that says that you're not good enough to be sponsored should shut the fuck up because they don't <laughs> know what sponsored means. It, it's a shitty and comment like, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like good enough to be sponsored has nothing to do with it. You could be a complete buffoon. And if you have an audience that you can project your opinions on and they agree with you and they're responsive to buy, then yeah. you are good enough to be sponsored. So you could be a guy that never even rides mountain bikes and just gets on and makes videos about what they look like, the the, the paint schemes. Yeah. And if you had 100,000 followers, then you're good enough. So like those people... <laughs> or just jealous and that's it that's all yeah. that i see it whether you're a racer and you're saying that you're jealous whether you're another creator and you're saying that you're just like it's just jealousy yeah and i think there's room for people like us and people that are pro athletes right we, yeah. all, we all can share it doesn't mean like i'm not we're not taking away from them they're not taking away from us it's just like no. I, you know Dude, like this, i'll tell you know. what i get the most worried about is me as a mediocre dude riding mountain bikes is the pro guys that are like stepping up their YouTube game or their yeah, social yeah. game. Right. They're getting good. <laughs> Somebody like Remy, right? Yeah. Like, how could you and I ever compare to, to a guy that's a professional rider and has a kick-ass like editing skills. Yeah. And you know killing what I mean? It. Like, yeah, he's, he's killing it. Yeah. So, yeah. The bottom line is marketing budgets are what marketing budgets are. They'll always be the same. They're not going to change. It's like based off of their revenue and stuff like that. Yeah. So what they decide to spend their money on is what's going to be the most impactful. Yeah. And anybody that wants to like argue about how they're spending it or why they're spending it that way, then make your genre like make more sales totally. that's all i could say you know what i mean yeah and coming from someone that's comes from marketing i used to be in marketing you know i guess now with the channel you still are a marketer we market our channels yeah. um 
we all a lot of what they do is they're taking the budget that used to go to paper magazines and now they're just moving it over to digital and they're putting that budget within like youtuber stuff and you and yeah. going in channels and things like that and i think it's great like it should have happened 10 years ago but it's just they're a little late to the game but i think with anything there's going to be some confusion or people don't like change and that just goes with the territory but that being they, said they could spend five thousand dollars on a one-page article in or what not article one page ad right in some magazine or they could spend five thousand dollars on some youtuber that just made a 15-minute video about their product and yeah. Now it gets in front of 10 times as many people. Yeah. It, it, it's just like, it's ridiculous mm -hmm. to, to make some of the statements that I've heard. It, it's just like, to me, it, like, the, the, the word is actually ignorant. You know what I mean? It's like, you actually just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And you're making a, a, um, a comment or an opinion on something that you're not educated on. And, totally. and, and I've done that argue with times. How do you yeah. have a discussion with someone or argument about something like that or a debate if they don't have the information that they need to have? You can't have yeah. like a logical conversation about something if you're coming into the other side of it without the, all, all the facts. So it's yeah, it's 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 frustrating. But, if, you know, the positive spin is that companies like YT are doing this and seeing the opportunity. And I appreciate that. So, like, you asked, what is it like? Um, to have YT as a main sponsor, it, it's great. They like, I feel like they do a really good job of being involved in what I'm doing, but not being involved. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like they don't try to choreograph what I want, they want from me or um, tell me what they need. Like they just want to be a part of the channel, have me ride their bikes and represent them. And then they liked what I was doing. So they want me just to keep doing that. Yeah, um, I think I think that any company that's doing what you just said, they have the right approach. That's what I, that's, what's cool about it. And I think what makes it for me, it made it really like a rad transition is because there's a guy that's the president of YT. Um, his name is Jeff Taylor. He used to work at Fox. He used to be the VP of Fox and I never met him before, but he comes, he used to be also a pro skateboarder. So I knew his name from years ago from the skate world and happened to message him one day and email him and give him my pitch. And he is one of the guys that I think was down for uh, bringing on YouTubers and stuff like that at Fox as well. I'm going I'm to interject right there because I was reading this question from the comments at the same time. And this uh -huh. top to bottom MTB was asking how you got started with MTB yeah. with YT. Did you approach them or the other way around? And you're kind of telling the same story yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. So um, was that like you reached out to them or you just bumped into him and then you like, how did you get that that going on? I totally just cold emailed Jeff and uh, he remembered my name from skating. So I think that helped get his, get his attention to like, um, and he had already known of the channel because he's from, the, so the YT headquarters is in Southern California. In right. San so that's kind of where my channel is headquartered. So a lot of people know when they know, when they think of YouTube and they think of the channel in a lot of ways. So that helped me get in the door and helped him pay attention to my email. And I sent him basically like, I took my marketing background. What, what would I want to hear from somebody? What would I want to hear? What would I, what would I have to offer if somebody emailed me on the other end where him, where I was him. So I gave him kind of like some bullet points um without putting in bullet points because i don't like bullet points but putting in some informational paragraphs of like what i can do for them and what i'd be willing to do so and your first email was like a big 
Big. It was. It was a. Uh, hold on, my wife just got home. Oh, that's all right. Pip's all excited. <laughs> Anyways, I definitely know what it's like with the dog. I'm surprised my lab hasn't come up here and knocked over one of my lights yet, but until he does. Okay. So. Hi, Heather. Hi. She she's there. She goes. She's famous now. She's she's done. <laughs> um, where was I? So you were talking about how I, I was asking you, you said it was a really big email that you oh, sent. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised because I usually try on my kind of cold call stuff to be as short and to the point as possible. Yep. With the like if they respond, then then I can like then I can hook them. Yeah. You just went in with the book, huh? I did, but it, I will say this though: there was a lot of information in the tightest package I could give it. If that makes sense, yeah. like, I think it was. Only you also like, had some kind of relationship. Pips are kind of pissed off now. That's this is live podcasting for you. I know. But yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I totally understand how it goes. These things happen. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I think. Pip doesn't like the Amazon guy or something like no, that. No, it was somebody handing out pamphlets. Sorry. Oh, God damn. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's all, all right. right. You sure you don't want to find Jesus? <laughs> I'm tempted right now. <laughs> um, so I was going to say the email was uh, the tightest package I could possibly make it, but it was like, here's why I'm reaching out. I wanted I wanted him to know, like, I wasn't just asking for, for, for free stuff. I wanted to be involved in something more, building a relationship by. So within that, I wrote like a conversational starter of like what the channel has, what the channel has to offer and, and what I think that like T could benefit. But that was probably like two paragraphs long, but yeah. that, that, that basically what he replied with was just like one sentence. Like I'm interested, send me a pitch deck or, or uh, it was, it was, it was just like um, make a pitch deck and then uh, we'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't even know what a pitch deck was at that point. Yeah, I've gone through that process as well. What is that? Then Google. Then <laughs> the next eight hours of my life, that's what I'm doing. Exactly. So um, I think what Top to Bottom is is asking, and um, from other things I'm reading in the comments right now, is how do you do that? Like, how do you get sponsors? Like, he's a person that is building some type of channel and and is wanting wanting to build those relationships and i can tell you and i'm sure that you can agree with me even in our slack group that we have a, a broad range of youtube um youtubers in from you know well over a hundred thousand to down to like you know five thousand or less yeah. you know something like that and that is one thing that we all struggle with. And I find it interesting, even in our closed group, where it's not open to the public and it's just us, which I feel like in that aspect, it's like us sitting around the table at a bar, right? but maybe not everybody does, that um, everybody's very tight-lipped about how they go about creating those relationships yeah and and also outside of that uh, of how they like what their relation like what fruits they got from that you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like yeah totally and it's I'm really kind of tough a, i'm kind of an open book um yeah to be honest with you i think 
80% of it is luck, to be honest. Yeah. Like some of the sponsors I've gotten um, reached out to me. And um, like, here's an, here's one that's kind of off the beaten path, but similar. Like I'm really into building relationships with um, small businesses or lodge, lodging. One of the biggest expenses I find on the road is, is, is paying for those road trips, right? Yeah. So I am, I've been reaching out and getting and getting building relationships with resorts and stuff like that. So if I want to go out and build content around uh, a bike park per se, like Deer Valley, getting to know them as a small business and getting to know the marketing people there helps with building a relationship where they invite me to come and stay with them because they know I'm going to represent them and show them in the video. Yeah. And if they want to build their mountain bike community, like boom. So you, and, and, like, feel free to tell me, I don't want to share that, but like, you've done a great job of, of that. I can tell that on your channel, like time and time right. again, video after video, like, Hey, this Airbnb place or this, whatever, like, like you, I mean, and, and you're obviously like spiking sales because you've done it even with me where I said earlier, yeah. I, I rented the Airstream at Santa's village because of you. So, yeah. um, but are they just giving you somewhere to stay for free or mm -hmm. are they paying you on top of it? No, right now, all I do is ask them for lodging. Cause for me, right. if it's, if it's, it's not like I'm at a Marriott or a low motel six or something that Marriott's actually nice. But um, like, so for instance, I'll use this week as an example, I'm going to stay at a, the Stein lodge in Deer Valley. It's a five-star resort. It would probably be $500 a night. So if I yeah, look at that, why, but why not ask for money too? Good question. But if I look at it, like if I'm staying there for five nights, my channel is at around 25,000. I don't want to over ask yet. I want to feel it out. So I don't, I, I guess, don't feel like I'm, I'm going to argue with you right now. Yeah. 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 I was, I was really hoping that you would tell me that they were giving you something. No. And, um, and the main reason that I, I, I am going to do argue with you right now is because I'm really good at giving advice and not always taking it. So yeah. what you're doing right now is flow, right? Like you're getting product for free. Well, not product. Let's just say that it's we'll, we'll like to to generalize it. You're yeah, getting product. Right. Your product as far is, as the hotels and stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. So your product there is your stay, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I do the same thing. I am like, oh, my channel's not big enough. Yeah. But on the other hand, the whole conversation that we had just a minute ago, like, would it be too much for them to say, like, here's a room and five hundred bucks? I don't know. I, I you're not wrong. I feel I like you should test wrong. it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you're Let wrong. Let him say no. You know? <laughs> the worst they could say is no is true. I think that the, I've been re rationalizing in my head like 500 a night, five nights. That's like 2,500 bucks. Um, it's so that's actually place. zero cost to them. It's They've already cost. sunk the cost into their building. Like really, that room's probably empty. Yeah, but they do give me um, vouchers and stuff like that to eat. Um, it's not payment, but like they'll give me. I really want to fuck with you right now. Like, I would, oh, you got some vouchers, didn't you? <laughs> I get some, some vouchers some and drinks, uh, did you? some coupons. <laughs> I get a. Uh, <laughs> I have to listen to a two-hour speech and then uh, <laughs> exactly. <I'm, laughs> but he's not really doing a deal with them. He's doing I a really time didn't want to okay. throw you off right there, but it was. <laughs> The opportunity for the joke was just too good. I just had to I don't I set you up pretty good. <laughs> um I, but I will say um for like the channel sponsors, there is usually a, a 
the fee involved and stuff. Yeah, like well, that. and that's yeah. that's the difference between a sponsor for people that are listening, maybe for the first time or whatever. Uh, uh, a sponsor is somebody that's actually paying you for something, right? Otherwise, it's supported by is a good way to say it is. That's yeah. like what the industry calls flow. So you can say you're supported by, I'm just going to throw a name out, Cali Protectives. Yeah. And what that means is they support me. All they do is give me helmets and pads, yeah. right? They're not giving me any money and they're not actually giving me any direction on what to do with any of this stuff. I, I say and post whatever the hell I want to. They mm -hmm. just give me the stuff for free, you know? Yep. So um, I personally, man, I, I know BKXC said this when he started his channel, but I really really just want to be supported by patreon like yeah. i the more every time that i've reached out to a company and talked to them about an actual sponsorship it makes me not want to be sponsored yeah well what, what's what throws you off i just feel like i'm like in bed with them then yeah you know and um and and uh and even if it's like subconsciously right like like let's say a a, pro, a company sends you product right if it's somebody that you really like like you don't want to like shit on them right you know what i mean right but but on the same note like you want to be honest right so that you can do that mm -hmm. but if they're like paying your bills that, like morally it gets harder to yeah. shit on them yeah, if they totally. need to be shit on so, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something that I fought with when I started to do this. But what I what I ended up doing is consciously trying to make sure before I say yes to them, the conditions are right. And is this a brand that I would represent before or even not with the channel? Like, would I be stoked on them? Would I be like YT is an example? I had a Jeff C when I started the channel. I was already a fan of the brand. So when I went to them, um, I was like, well, th if this is my my go-to brand, this is my first choice. I'm emailing them and uh, I would love to have them represent the channel. If these conditions are right, where they're not going to force me to change anything, then this could work. Like, I don't think like with your, with your, with the caveat is like, if they made like a, a shitty product, I probably just wouldn't touch it. Like, I don't think I'd want to like knowingly take in a crappy product and right. then review it terribly. I probably right. just want to stay away from it. Right. You would just tell them like, look, um, I think this helmet sucks or this bike sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I luckily haven't had to do that yet. Cause I've been, yeah, but, but I mean like that would be your, your conversation. Like, yeah, I like you don't want to jump. I mean, you could talk to athletes too and stuff. They're never going to do that. They're not going to do that either. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah it, and that, that's that the is part the where I still feel like every time I get into a situation where I'm considering, um, signing something let's just call it that way yeah i just get like man i don't want to do this yeah i like i i wish that my channel could be um it's gonna it's there it's working there we're getting there yeah. um i i enjoy that the finances come from youtube and patreon yeah and and if a company like everything that you said about how you're approaching your your sponsorships. I feel this like the same way, except for I just want flow. Yeah. Like I just want free product, and I'm only asking a company for free product that um, I 100% stand behind. Yeah. Right. There you go. So like, um, 
let's say Callie. Callie's the best example for me. I've been working with them for a long time. And it's it's because I really like their product. Like I really do. I love who they are as a company and and I'm good with that. Um but I don't know how I would feel differently if they were like sponsoring me. Well, let me well, say this right now with with a caveat because someday this this conversation is going to bite me in the ass like me <laughs> and, and the track guy, right? This is the thing. On the podcast, my my like long-term goal with the podcast is growing this audience and then selling advertising. Okay. So so if at one point you're listening to this podcast and I'm like freaking doing a, a two minute spiel on, on Santa Cruz bikes at the beginning, that doesn't mean that like I sold out the Santa Cruz bikes. That means that they bought the 30 seconds or the two minutes of advertising that I'm going to give them at the beginning of the video. And I don't like, think that's nothing to ask the, I, no, no offense to, to the listeners, but the listeners can handle that considering it's free content for them. Right. But like, like, like I, like to me, that's not the sponsorship that we're talking about. Like right. the sponsorship that that of like, hey, ride my bikes in your videos and do reviews on them is different right. than, hey, put an advertisement in your podcast. Yeah, Does that make sense? totally. totally. And, and I think for people that aren't in the industry of what we're doing, that that may not correlate. So that's the only reason I said it out loud. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. That and the Pliny. <laughs> over explaining shit over are you there. still drinking the is it the pliny or you moved on well i got these two bottles of pliny that are empty nice. where are you at i got I two as well empty i'm uh, on my third my, well mine are bigger than yours <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the what's the percentage in those what, what are you drinking over there these are where is it well, I'm at eight percent on these. Oh, seven, seven percent. Pussy. Yeah. You <laughs> hey, man, we're both forty-five, dude. We can do this. We can. <laughs> I feel like we're. I don't know where you are with your tolerance, but I'm pretty okay with it. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm definitely there. There, there's. De Rab's not even here yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> when does Rab come out? I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna open up another beer. Um. So. You know, I was on a, I don't remember. I think I was on the segments podcast. Uh, I'm pretty sure you were in the, yeah. in the comment section of that one. Yep. And there were some fun questions that you threw out there. And I feel like we need to talk about this. I think what one of them was, what's your favorite movie? Oh yeah. What was, what, what, what was yours? Goonies? Well, it depends. So like, I, I think in the, in the podcast, what I said was my knee-jerk reaction when somebody asked me what my favorite movie is, I usually say Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, good one. And um, But the movie that I've watched the most in my entire life is definitely Goonies. Oh, okay. That's like, I've watched Goonies more. I am a person that very seldomly watches a movie more than once. Yeah. I mean, and my mine are... Uh... One of them is obvious, which is The Big Lebowski. I used to watch that one constantly. An odd one for me. Why is me, that obvious? Why is that? Obvious? I don't know. I feel like that's everyone's like go-to, isn't it? The Big Lebowski. 
Like the memorizer. I didn't really like that movie. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you're like the first one I've met that did like that one. That's maybe I should watch it again. Like I remember, like it was okay, like it was good, yeah. or, but it wasn't like this sticks out. You know what I mean? I think it got better for me the second and third time I saw it. That, See, that one, was the go ahead, go ahead. That was the thing with Fear and Loathing. Yeah, like the first time you watch it, that movie's fucked up. But the more times that you watch it, it's like a like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, there's all this little shit going on in the background that that ties together in so many different ways that once you've watched it 10 times, you're like, no, dude, you don't get it. It's like a fucking conspiracy theory. Yeah. And there's all those little the subtle little lines and things that you don't pick up from the first or second time that you pick up later that become the funniest part of it. Right. Like, like I just for some reason watched Johnny Brasco this week again, and there's uh, it turned into a comedy for me because I've seen it so many times, and it just happened to be on, and I was watching it, and I was like, the back and forth that these guys were having, these conversations, the forget about it, and the he, he tells his wife to shut up when she's trying to help him and stuff, just like all those little stupid things that are that are going on. Just once you get the plot, and the plot isn't that important anymore, and it's just these little scenes. It, that's when the movie opens up for me. Yeah, that's what happened to me with like American Psycho. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's that funny. Movie. Comedy. I always refer to that movie with our governor because I feel like Gavin Newsom looks like the main character from that. Oh, movie. he does kind of. He does look like Patrick <laughs> Bateman. Right. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not gonna get political. Anyways, <laughs> not safe. Right, not a safe zone. Um. Yeah, I mean, Fear and Loathing does that same thing. There's a part in the very beginning of the movie where he sees a car accident and the type yeah. of car accident is a stingray. And later in the movie, some of the shit that he's tripping out about, like seeing is like stingrays. And it, it's actually from like oh. that little segment, like getting in his head. And then when he's on LSD, then it's like there, like, oh, I didn't even, you know, yeah, I need there's to little that, shit yeah. like that. The whole way through the movie where you're like, oh, my God, you know, like, but you have to study it. Which yeah, apparently I did. <laughs> you definitely did. I never noticed that. So the stingray of the car becomes, is that when he's in the casino and all the walls are all kind of like marine like? I think so. Yeah. Somewhere right uh, around yeah. that. Yeah. Tell me about the fucking golf shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, so, I got to watch that one. Yeah. You know, dude, that movie, I, um, the first time I watched it. I, I watched it at my, my apartment with my roommates and a bunch of friends and they were all starting to party. And at that time I was in college, I worked this third shift job. And um, so I went to work and whenever I came home, they had been partying all night. Yeah. And then they had already not watched it like three times. And they were like, dude, let me tell you. And they just like, you know, they're totally hammered. And like, I'm like, all right, let me catch back up to you here. Yeah, you're ahead a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah, no. That it ended up becoming like um you know in the movie Johnny Depp or wait, is it Johnny Depp? No. Yeah. Johnny Depp's lawyer wants to carve like a little Z in his head. Oh, all, like, Yeah. So we had like we we you would wake up in the morning sometimes in my apartment and somebody would like have put post-its all over the apartment with little Z's on them. <laughs> or like 
there was a scene where the shower curtain rod was stuck through an orange. Like I've gone into my bathroom and seen the shower curtain rod stuck through an orange. You know, oh it was, we, we just, it just became this larger than life thing for us. Yeah. Where it was something that you're actively living out. Yeah. We were just having a good time with it, you know? And yeah. uh, so it, it's very, it's, it's great to me in that aspect, but definitely not, you know, I always shy away from telling people that's my favorite movie because I don't always get the opportunity to explain why, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, if the explanation, the explanation makes sense afterward too. Like it's always, I mean, I feel like the, the movies that we hold near and dear are always like that because you don't want to, because they mean so much to you. You don't want to just say it and then leave it. You want to be like, yeah. well, let me tell you, if you're going to really ask that question, you need to explain to you why this is the answer, you know, like, otherwise it's just like throwing it out there with nothing. It's like, no, it's not fair. Like to Goonies, Goonies was the best movie as a adolescent boy to watch that had everything that you could possibly imagine yeah like treasure hunting and bank robbers and bad guys and like following a map and like it, it just was this just amazing kind of adventure that would make a young child's mind just go all kinds of places totally. and I, I, I raised my kids watching, like my kids watched that movie from a young, I pretty much made my kids watch every movie I watched when I was a kid because yeah. I thought it shaped me, but yeah. like they enjoy that movie just as much as, as, as I do. And I think it really came down to like, it really captures everything that a young kid wants to see at that age. Yeah. And, you know? and things that our young kids are going through too. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like different. screw the parents. You know what I mean? We're gonna we're gonna save the, the we're gonna save the family. Like all the shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's you know it's interesting. I don't even think parents are barely in that movie. It's just literally kids running. It's almost like Stranger Things. Yeah, you know, like kids just dominate the the, the choices, the landscape. Yeah. It's like they're on their own. And I always say, oh shit! Now I'm gonna draw a blank because we've been drinking. I always say Stranger Things is like Goonies. And some other movie had a baby. What's the other movie that I'm always talking about? Damn it. I can't think of it right now. It's going to come to you in a minute. Yeah, it'll come to me in a minute. But I always say it's like those two movies like had a baby. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. Uh, now I'm stuck yeah. trying to think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to get you. But like even in, in like what I was saying, like with Goonies, like you had the, the teenagers, they were a different um, point of view, right? Like yeah. they were, they were like the annoying big brother or big sister that were trying to make out or to hook mm -hmm. up or like, it really nails that like preteen kind of point of your life, you know, yeah, where your priorities are at by yeah. what age you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, that's, that's been, I mean, I must've seen that movie a thousand times when I was a kid too. It was like one of the go-to favorites. It was almost like you're watching a video game too with all the maps and the treasures and the good guys yeah. and bad guys. Like, what was his name? What was the monster's name? Oh, not the monster. He not wasn't the a monster. monster. No, but like the... The guy with the funny ears. Dude, now you just fucked me up. Now I was going to say... It almost came right out of my mouth. Oh Somebody my in the God. comments for him. It's like sludge, sludge, sludge. Um, what is it? It's one, one syllable. Sludge. 
Hey, you guys! Oh, it's, the kid was Chunk. No, Chunk was the little the little tubby guy with the chocolate. Yeah, shirt. yeah. But his name was like like Sludge or Sledge or. It's not Sloth, is it? Sloth, maybe no. Nah, go ahead and look it up. I'll I'll go ahead and talk while you're looking it up. <laughs> so, anyways, you mentioned a minute ago though that your favorite movie was The Big Lebowski. So, yeah. here's your opportunity to explain why why is The Big Lebowski. Uh, I will. When that movie came into my life, I was in a similar place where I was coming out of my life as a pro skater or whatever you want to call it. And uh, it was the first movie where I had my first apartment in Connecticut out of California with my close friends. And it was just this movie that we put in and watch every night because we'd be out just hanging out after work, drinking beers and smoking weed and stuff like that. And that's literally what his life was about. So I think at that specific time in my life, it like felt like we were living through it in a weird way. And it made us feel better about ourselves because we were living like piles. So yeah. basically his, he was even more of a piece of shit than we were. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, dude, he's doing all right. We're going to be fine. You know, it's like, yeah. and then you throw in some of the, 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 com the comedic bits. Like, you know, I was talking about the, once you know the plot, the scenes within the scenes, those little types of dialogue and little faces they make in that movie. If you yeah. watch it again, you're going to pick up on so many little things like like you said in Fear and Loathing where you didn't know they were there. But yeah, I promise you I'm going to watch that movie in the next month or so. I looked yeah, it up. It is, it is sloth, by the way. It is sloth. All right. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm going to watch Fear and Loathing, too. That's got to be on HBO or something like that. Yeah, I would imagine. It should be on like like Netflix or something like yeah. that. Yeah. One of those Definitely. apps. What else do you like? What else, what, what, what else is like? Uh, I know like one of the movies that comes to my mind every time somebody's like, what was a good movie? I always think of, uh, oh shit. Oh, Memento. Oh, good one. I just, the first time that. I saw that, like it's only good once. You can yeah. never watch it twice. But yeah. the first time I saw that, I was like, man. I, I remember that pausing that movie and thinking like having dialogue with the people in the room. Like, like, do you okay, understand what's going on here? Do you? Yeah, we would have like a little powwow meeting for like five minutes, yeah. and then we hit play again, and we were like, "Okay, yeah." You know what's a weird movie? But the same director that I really got into was Interstellar. I really oh, like that was good. Yeah, I really like how that made us think about the future of what we would be, and yeah. we don't need to go into aliens. We don't need to get all weird. But like, who's Can to say? Talk, I like talk about aliens. Who's to say a million years from now we don't discover time travel? And now we're just fucking with us. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, I don't know. I think movies that like that, like that are sci-fi sci that plant seeds. Like when you're done with the movie, you're like, "Well, what about this or what about that?" That's like the okay. Matrix. Yeah, yeah, which we might be in. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly had zero thought that anybody in the like that said we're living in the Matrix was. Um, like I gave it zero validity. Yeah. Until about a month ago, one of my pot smoking friends this is what it takes, dude. <laughs> Those fucking pot smokers, man. They got too much time thinking about shit. They can, yeah, they're going deep. He starts. Do you? So you remember those books when you were a kid, the Berenstein Bears? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Berenstein Bears or the Bernstein Bears? Oh, I know where you're going. The two different time realities and the words. Yes. Because yeah. 
to me, it was the Berenstein Bears. And he was like, yeah, they were the Berenstein Bears. Yeah, That's I remember that. I went to the Bears. fucking amusement park. And then you go on the internet, and it's like Bernstein, like B-E-R-N. Like, it's totally fucking different. Yeah. It is I, not I, what we grew up with. And um, it's like there's this conspiracy theory about that's the glitch in the Matrix is that, you know, this. And once he explained it all to me, we're on this, like, long climb, right? And once he explained it all to me, I started, like, I was like, whatever, this freaking stoner, right? I don't even <laughs> care. And then I got home. And then, like, you know, it starts getting, like, what the hell is he talking about? I'm going to look it up. Yeah. And then you start looking it up and you're like, son of a bitch. I don't remember it looking that way. And next thing you know, now I'm a conspiracy theorist. Dude, and there are so many words and things like that. Like, I don't even know them off the top of my head, but I, I've I've seen a video, YouTube video on these things where the things that you remember or the, they almost sound the same, but they're exactly opposite. Like, they're, they're yeah. totally different words and things that happened. Yeah, yeah, there's some weird stuff going on with that. Yeah, there's some there's some strange shit, man. I don't know. It's possibility. That's all I could say. Mm-hmm. I, I less believe in the Matrix version than I do in like aliens. So, yeah. Well, you mean you believe more in the alien stuff? Yeah, that's yeah. That I was a really just like just like not a good way to explain that. No, I do. <laughs> no, but I, I always think of it like this. Though. I always think like. We exist. Why are we? Why? Who are we to think that we're the only ones in the entire world, galaxy, to exist on another planet? Like, there's got to be planets we've never met before, or even know exist that are out there we can't travel to. I don't know. Yeah, so like, even if you believe in God, like yeah. even if you, you believe in God, like when God's like, "Hey, I'm gonna send my son down there. He's gonna <laughs> tell you about all this stuff. You guys are some simple-minded people. I'm not gonna lay it all out to you." you know like, like take a when, you're, when you're like six-year-old kids like hey how do babies get made you're like you know what mom and dad they love each other poof baby yeah you know you, you don't yeah. tell them all of the shit you know and so i feel like like even with religion you could still say there's aliens like there's like yeah. like hey man like they're not gonna lay it all out to us like like god's not gonna like the that uh aspect are you following yeah me? yeah totally you're not gonna you're yeah. gonna have to leave some room for, to leave some room to learn and grow and uh yeah. see where you end up i feel like no matter what if you look up in the sky and all those like dots that you see are suns yeah i'm just gonna guess if i was being vague that i'm gonna assume that 80 percent of them have something floating around them that's a planet yeah yeah you know, probably all of them because of gravity. Small. How small? Right? Yeah, we are so small comparatively to what's right. out there. So there's that. But the other end of it is like if all of those lights in the sky have planets revolving around them, for us to think that we're the only ones here, yeah, that's just freaking stupid. The, yeah. the part that I think is harder to believe is like, them actually being here is like oh is there really a way that you could get from there to here well so that's that we're right. like, yeah flying around you know what i mean yeah yeah i that's what's always crazy and yeah i don't know i don't know where i stand with this because all the crazy footage that comes from the sightings is always from like some grainy camera from the 50s or right. something like that like some, some weird shit it's like bigfoot right 
Well, Bigfoot, yeah, exactly. Bigfoot. <laughs> That's your neck of the woods, isn't it? Right. I don't even know. I mean, it, I think Bigfoot's everywhere, as far as I'm yeah, aware. they're everywhere. They're secret. They're secret. Well, like, with, with, with your, let, let, let's tie these two together real quick. So, first of all, the aliens. Yeah, I think it's really weird that there would be like ninety five hundred different fucking aliens that are visiting our planets. I feel like that's off. Yeah. Like maybe one of the sightings out of all of the thousands that we've seen has actually been an alien. But I feel like if we're just getting like daily, it's like a drive through. Like they're like, hey, by the way, if you go over there in the Milky Way, suck you can roll through Earth. You know, like I, you know, yeah. They're like a I, we're like a tourist attraction. Right. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I'm buying all those, you yeah. know, because I feel like there's only, I don't know, maybe what I just said, I don't know. Anyways, um, but the Bigfoot thing, I mean, come on. I don't believe like, in the Bigfoot thing. Well, in right, fact, there's, there's, a there's a documentary on Netflix that just came out recently about it. I'm a big documentary guy, so I'm always- Yeah, I love documentaries, documentaries, man. There's some really good ones that just came out. Um, like the, I like the true story ones basically based around something that's recent, like they're- uh, they have the sports ones like Malice in the Palace, and they just came out with um, and one the the brand. They do like a documentary about how they came to fruition and where they go, and uh, there's just some really cool ones that come out. I'm always watching those every chance I so, get. So, since you're a big documentary fan, and so am I, what's your favorite documentary? Oh, I knew you were gonna say that. There's so many. Oh, I have like two that come to mind right away. My my number. I'm gonna let you think about this while I explain mine. My number one favorite documentary, without a doubt, is Man on a Wire. And if you um, haven't seen that, that's great. Yeah, that's it, great. It's, for those of you guys that haven't seen it, it's about a guy that's a tightrope walker, and he wants to do like crazy tightrope walking. And him and his buddies are kind of like, like uh, they're 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 like bad boys, you know. So they go to like sydney australia and tightrope walk across this bridge and then they go to paris and they tightrope walk between the two towers of notre dame and somewhere along the line they come up with the idea that they're going to tightrope walk between the twin towers in new york city and they're being built at the time so the process of them doing this is like a bank robbery yeah like you're listening to two like a group of people that robbed the bank explain to you how they robbed the bank and it's so fucking fun to watch. It is really. And they made a movie about it too. Yeah, the movie was good, but the documentary, documentary to me, like is like like it's the the actual dude. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's so dude, good. I, I don't want to spoil it for people, but when they did that scene when they shot the wire across yeah. from the tower to tower, I was like, This is real? Like, are you kidding me? Like, that was yeah. what they really did. Um, my mind has gotta be maybe something that's a little obvious, but it's it's similar in the way that the documentary was better than the movie. And it was Dogtown and the Z-Boys. Just because oh, that's yeah, kind of come, that comes from my, like, upbringing yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, that's just, it's really well done. You yeah, know? it was really well done. And, I remember uh, watching that and feeling like I watched a movie. Like, it was really good. Yeah. And then the movie came after, which isn't as good, but it's fun to watch. It's kind of like yeah. Man on a Wire, too. It's like, you know, it's fun to watch that with the real. Put it up against the real documentary, though. It's You'd rather watch the doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Dude, two hours. Wow. Here we are. Quick. Yeah, I did. Always fun chatting with you, man. Likewise, man. Let's do this again soon. I know, right? I need an excuse to drink more beer or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need one, too.
and get your ass down here again soon and i'll keep in touch about uh with, with the dodge ridge thing too it's more to be continued yeah let's definitely do that all of you guys that have been listening if you enjoy this please do me the favor if you're on youtube hit subscribe really it's just push the fucking button it's not a big deal thumbs up if you enjoyed this if you're listening on podcast and you actually feel like you want to support this you want to like drive it home Swing over there to Apple Podcasts, write a five-star review. If you're thinking four stars, probably not worth your time. You got better <laughs> things to do with yourself. Anyways, those of you on Patreon, really love you guys. If you guys want to buy me a beer, five bucks a month, man, over there on Patreon. Or throw a dollar at me. It's like pouring a beer. Or tender a buck every month. That's pretty easy. So appreciate it. Tony, you're awesome, man. Back at really, you, buddy. Truly enjoyed my time chatting with you. All of you guys out there, if you know one thing and you remember one thing, it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one.